So welcome to another episode of The Shredder Show. Today I've got the pleasure of uh, an awesome guest and good friend who I only met once, first time in Dubai, but we clicked uh, like a house on fire. So today the pleasure of having uh, Hader on the podcast. How do you actually pronounce your surname, Hader? I don't want to balls this up. <laughs> Medi, Hader Medi. Yes, I was going to guess that, but I didn't want to make a complete hash of it. So um, <laughs> thank you very much for your time. So Hader is a, a physique athlete. He's sponsored by, trained by JP, and is part of the Trained by JP crew, uh, has a phenomenal physique, uh, and he's also, interestingly, a father and has a couple of kids, which is awesome, something you don't necessarily see with Probably a lot of height. You're in, you're in the background. Uh, we yeah. don't necessarily see a lot in uh, the fitness industry. So today we're going to have a bit of an insight into Hader, how he manages everything he does, like parenthood, competing, managing a family, and all those bits and pieces that go with it, and also talk some bullshit about the fitness industry. Um, firstly, I'm going to put you on the spot here because we, I, I asked you to about like hooking up to train and you had, uh, an interesting opinion of me from the outside of that. Like, <laughs> do you want to talk a bit about that and why people like, judge people in the fitness industry? I'm throwing you under the bus a bit. Yeah, you are a bit. Uh, yeah, of course. So obviously we, we spoke about this and, uh, I had a little bit of a preconception about, about yourself. Just, um, and I, and I did say this to you, didn't I? That I feel like a lot of people have this kind of idea of what you are like and what people that are kind of well-spoken and look well, look like they take care of themselves. And um, they, they, it's, it's hard to kind of put it into words, but it's like people see you're a good-looking guy, you take care of yourself, you are well-spoken, you can tell that you, um, you do well for yourself you're a successful guy so people automatically think that oh he thinks he's this and that he thinks he's a uh, johnny big balls or he's uh he's he's, he's got <laughs> maybe a bit arrogant maybe a little bit kind of thinks he's better than everyone else and i couldn't have been more wrong and uh it it kind of made me take a little step back and realize that Although I've been around the industry for a long time and I'm of age, I'm not a kid, I'm still, I still kind of fall into the trap of judging people before I've met them. And it's something that, um, like I said, with you, I couldn't have been further away from the truth because like, we got on like a house on fire. And, I, and uh, literally everything that I thought you may have been like you weren't. So yeah, uh, I think that it's very kind of, prevalent in the fitness industry that people do that and um i for one obviously did do that and uh that's kind of made me kind of step step back and uh, realize that you kind of have to give people a chance before you before you uh have your views on them i guess 100 percent. and like to be honest with you and i said this to you a lot like i'm i've got a really bad character trait in terms of the, i tend to dislike people before i like them because i'm quite guarded and I'm naturally a very introvert person. Um, so, and I think we spoke about this as well, and it's one of those things you do get preconceived ideas about people. But I think in particular with the fitness industry, there's so much bullshit and smoke and mirrors. And in, in no disrespect, obviously you're in Dubai at the moment, and I love Dubai, but um, a lot of the people there tend to be the worst for it. And it's oh, like, yeah. it's, yeah. I bet, I, I don't know, knowing you, like from the brief time I've known you, they'll probably be driving you mental, which is probably why I don't think you've been training at Banus much, have you? <laughs> yeah, you nailed it, mate. Yeah, I've not been, I, I've not even been actually. It's just been, yeah, I, I came here to kind of live normally and um, it's all well and good, like going there 
like when we were there, it was a bit kind of everyone was coming there, weren't they? It wasn't like it is now. It's kind of pe so many people are kind of settled here now and they've got their own little cliques already and it's kind of becoming that place. And I was just like, you know what? I love this place, so I don't want to end up hating it. And that for me was like, you know what? I'm just going to stay away from Benus and just do my thing and focus on the family. And to be honest with you, this has been probably the most stressful thing I've ever had to do in my life. So it was like, go to where it's quiet, just get your sessions in, tick them off, and then get back to kind of making sure that you uh, get everything set up in the apartment and get everything moved in and stuff, because it's just nothing like back home doing everything that I've had to do recently. So, yeah, um, there's a lot of bullshit in the fitness industry and a lot of uh, fake people and that is something that I try not to be and I try to keep away from as much as I can. So that's obviously why we kind of got on as well, because we had the same kind of views on a lot of, uh, a lot of people and a lot of things. So yeah, I'm re really, really glad that we kind of connected too, because I, I told you that as well. Like we had that day, the sushi day after dinner, after training and that, and uh, yeah, yeah, it, was, it, it really did open my eyes up, mate. It's, uh, it's one of those things I think, the reason you're you have that view of people now is you have that maturity probably of having children whereas like a lot of people in the fitness industry now are very like early 20s egotistical like narcissistic um yeah you know what i mean it's just just the way i think and i think social media drives that and makes it even worse to be honest with you people try to portray yeah, something they're not yeah. and and the thing is that like i always say it to uh i always say it to people it's like like you just said, the majority of the fitness industry are in their early 20s and they don't have any responsibility. The majority of them still live at home. They don't even have, I mean, I'm not even stretching to the point of our kids, which is obviously a massive responsibility. They don't even have to pay proper bills. They don't have to kind of, um, they don't, they haven't lived in the real world, so to speak. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, uh, it, it's completely different when you have to pay your own bills, you have to work every day to make sure that everything's covered and I mean obviously we get to a point where we're successful and those worries aren't as they were when we first started but you have to kind of go through that to get weathered and kind of be a little bit more uh, I guess just mature to everything and and understand how life really works so yeah the, it, it's it's hard it's hard for those young guys to be any different I guess. 100 there's something like a saying like and it's a uh, new levels new devils like the further you go up the food chain you suddenly you get more problems that are bigger and then yeah. suddenly the problem the things you thought were a problem when you were early 20s that some of these people might be uh quote unquote struggling with are no longer a problem um it gives you a lot more perspective yeah most definitely it most definitely i mean like the the kind of responsibilities that we've got i mean what i've got with my children and like my partner and everything it's like um as successful as you are you never are happy and that's not because you want more materialistic things or you want to you want uh to go on holidays or anything like that is i always have a kind of bit of a, a fear of of failing every single day because i know i have reliance i know i have these 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 dependents so it's like you have to be on your shit every day like you can't not everybody has down days everybody feels i mean especially people that do compete people that do take peds people that take themselves to the limits with diet and training 
there are some real, real dark and down days. And when you do have dependents, when you do have kids, you can't be there for long because there's just no choice. Like to me anyway, I know that a lot of people are probably different and there have been a lot of people that have let their emotions take over and it's kind of caused issues for them to the point where they might have had to go down a different route and step away from their family or not be able to provide for their family. But for me, it kind of brings out a different side of me where it's like fight or flight and I have to crack on. I have to make things work. I have to make more business. I have to make more money. I have to make sure that everybody's safe and everyone's kind of provided for. So that's just a, a little bit. That's just how I am. I have that constant fear that this might not work or I need to be constantly progressing because if I do go backwards, then I don't know where I'm going to be with the people that are relying on me so yeah it's a little bit of a yeah it's interesting you say that because it's very similar to me like i i've started to do some work with a psychologist just to try and like optimize the way i think and view things and very interesting like one of the things i've said to him a lot is that i'm i'm driven much more by the stick than the carrot i'm motivated by fear rather than the success because yeah. i'm so afraid of fucking up because so many people rely on me now yeah. that you have to keep going and like when you have moments that are low you which everyone does like don't care who you are oh, yeah. um, you still have to continue and like support everyone else around you in particular situation when you've got a family like yourself. Uh, I think that's, that's hugely ad admirable. Um, and I imagine like it's, it comes down to having a support network as well. So yeah, my yeah, wife is incredibly supportive and I imagine like your fat whole family has been up to move to Dubai. Uh, yeah. there's, a, there's a lot. Yeah. I mean, my, my, I'll be honest with you. I would be lost without my wife. She really is the backbone in the, in the family and, I mean, yeah, I do, I do a lot of work and I do bring, bring money in to kind of pay for things and stuff, but she's the one behind the scenes that's doing everything that nobody kind of sees. And if that wasn't being done, then I wouldn't be able to do what I do. So there is that you do have to have a support network and you do have to have um, people that believe in you and that are willing to support you. So that's key. And like you were just saying then about when you do get down and you don't want to, you don't want people to kind of, you don't want to let people down. Like I also have that with the client base, which I know that you have because you have a big client base. And like, I've been guilty of kind of being a little bit too upfront with my emotions on my social media at times. And I find that that's kind of hard for us as people, as motivators, as people that are looked up to when we have to kind of hold back and not open up about the way we feel because we don't want other people to be like, well, that's the person that I look to for motivation. And if he's feeling like that, then how am I coping? And especially when they're on lockdown and all the situations that are going on back home, it is kind of tough for us as, like I said, fitness motivators and, and people that are, are looked up to, to kind of be open about how we feel and when we are down or when we are depressed or whatever. And that's when you have to kind of just, a lot of the time, I mean, this is my opinion, of course, a lot of the time you have to kind of just step back and not be open about your feelings and put a brave face on and make out that you're okay and kind of fake it and stuff like that. So I find that that's, that's, that's also a hard thing to do as uh, the people that we are on social media. I percent agree with that. And it's yeah. um, like, particularly with the moment the like every day is like deja vu of like Groundhog Day. It feels like I saw some of a funny like meme, I was going to say meme, meme 
uh, in the day, which was like, I've been living the same, same day every day on repeat since March 2020, when this all started. Uh, because, and that did, it did make me laugh in my head, but it laughed because it was almost, because it was quite true. But um, it's one of those things that one of the things that I try and put across is that, yes, I might feel unmotivated and bad moods, but the, the big thing that I try and for, like enforce with clients is, and everyone is making sure that the big thing you focus on is being disciplined and having the right habits, because even if you don't want to do it, if you're disciplined, you're still going to do it. And then, the only thing that's worse, you know, is that the same thing as me, is that if you're not disciplined, you don't say, for example, get up in the morning, do your cardio, you're going to be even worse mood the rest of the day because you're going to know you've let yourself down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely. I think that discipline is, is so, so key in these situations because, it, it, like you said, it gives you that, it gives you that, um, that rigid kind of non-negotiable that you have to get done that you know it's going to make you feel better after you've done it. And uh, it's, it's making sure that you can motivate yourself to get up and do those things that you necessarily don't feel like doing at the time. And that's something that a lot of people in lockdown need to kind of, uh, they, they, that's why they need that structure and they need that accountability and stuff because we're so much of a big help to a lot of people right now. And um, I feel like uh, when it comes down to stuff like that, it's, it's, <laughs> It's, it's so, so easy to fall into that trap of not doing stuff when you have that big cloud over your head and stuff like that. Like, it, it, I mean, I, I don't know about you, but when I'm feeling like that, even I get to the point where I'm like, oh, I just don't want to do my cardio today. I can't be asked. I, I had that this morning. I was like, this is just yeah. drag myself out of bed in the dark to go into my garage exactly. to go on my cross train. I'm like, in the yeah. rain going outside on my shit. But <laughs> yeah, but that's, what's, that's, that's what makes you who you are. That's one component of why you're successful. Do you know what I mean? That's one little part of the puzzle that brings it all together as to why you are good at doing what you're doing, why you're successful as a coach, why you have so many clients, why your business is successful. It's because of those tiny little things that all make one big puzzle. That you getting up in in the morning when you can't be asked and you really don't want to and it's wet and it's cold, that's what sets you apart. That's what makes you who you are. Like I, I, I think a lot of people need to need to kind of. I mean, it's easy for me to say a lot of people need to do that, but if if people could tap into that side of their of their mind and really focus on getting stuff done when they didn't want to do them, the the, the satisfaction is immense. It's one of those things, in a sick, twisted way, and I know you're going to agree with this. I quite like horrible things like that. It's just like a gut check. And it's the same thing when you're in a really severe diet. When you feel really, really shit, part of me actually quite likes it in a sadistic way of like, how fucking hard can I push myself? How Can we just keep going more and more and more? Do you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> Definitely, mate. Yeah, I completely agree. Completely agree. Um, that, those, those, those dark days, yeah, you just want it more. It's like, but that, that's, that's often our downfall as, as physique athletes and stuff. It's just running ourselves into the ground, isn't it? More, 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 more. But sometimes it's just not, not always the best thing to do for our physique, but it's uh, hard to step, snap out of that. One thing I think I learned, I think the first time I competed was a long time ago, um, was when you learn to like function and work, and I was working a full-time job at the time, when you're physically fucked and like, completely drained you're training twice a day and you're working full time when you suddenly are eating actual more calories and you're not dying the life is like the easiest thing in the world like 
I remember at one point like walking down the street at my office was like a ball ache. It was generally like one foot in front of the other was like a struggle. Yeah. And, but those things about pushing yourself to an extreme then makes normal life seem like an absolute breeze. Yeah, and most people yeah. don't go there. No, no. You, you're so, so right. Like going to those places is, is makes you, uh, makes you realize how easy stuff is, doesn't it? I guess you are right. Absolutely. Yeah. Now going to obviously a bit about more in terms of your lifestyle and things that you do, Hader, with uh, having a family and competing, how do you manage that? Because that's probably one of the big things people, they try and use their family as an excuse almost. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I, I can get that. Whereas it should I be mean, more motivational, fuel to the fire in a lot of respects. Like, as you said, yeah. you want to provide and make your your wife and your kids proud of you. Definitely, and 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 although kids might be young, they 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 know they know that what you're doing is tough, and they know that they can see some kind of grit and some something that's of value when they can see their dad doing stuff that's tough. Obviously, at the at the beginning, they're like, why? Why are you not eating this, or why are you not doing that, or why are you doing this? And then, when you when you talk about when you explain to them what you're doing and how hard work pays off, and you teach them the uh, the kind of the pillars of, of of hard work and what you get out of things if you put hard work in, and then they start to understand and respect why you're doing it and look up to you in that way, and that's that's something that's going to benefit them later on in life massively in my opinion and um obviously when i'm doing a competition and i have a family obviously as i do i my kind of way of of, of uh juggling things is i always kind of have to have a bit of a word with myself and tell myself that this is my choice so i can't let that impact my family negatively now i'm not gonna paint a picture of me being the like all bouncy happy father every night every day when I'm <laughs> when I'm like two weeks out or whatever of course I'm not but I make sure that I'm present I make sure that if we're having a day out like I'll go I'll go I'll take my meals and I'll prep and I'll make sure that I'm there and I'll make sure that I can try and be as I guess present as I can be in those kind of stages and it's just a case of having some a partner that understands and a family that can kind of just accept what you're doing and support what you're doing. And at the same time, you have to be willing to uh, still be a dad, still be a partner. Because I feel like a lot of people think or do, when they do do a prep, it's like prep is only the only thing that they can do. So don't invite me anywhere. Don't ask me to do anything because I'm on prep and that's the end of it. I'm not going out, I'm not going for a walk, I'm not going to the supermarket, I'm doing my cardio, I'm eating my meals, I'm doing my steps and then I'm going to bed. And they might think that that's optimal, they might think that doing anything outside of that might affect their prep, but for me, I feel like having some sort of balance all the way up to the competition is uh, massive, it's massive, it's key. And uh, Obviously, the, the, you take the moments as well. Like if I get a mini refeed or if I get a meal out, if I'm flat, uh, you pray for those moments, I guess. <laughs> so then you can take the family out and you can have these even better times when you're on prep and uh, when you're just not used to having them at all. So 
it's, 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 there's a few things that you have to kind of look at. It's having an understanding partner and family and making sure that you aren't sort of, you don't succumb to the, to the pressures of prep and make them take over. You've got to make sure that you can still be you. At the end of the day, my responsibilities as a father and a, a partner aren't going anywhere. They don't change regardless of what I'm doing. Regardless of if I'm on prep, if I'm close to getting my pro card, if I'm doing the biggest competition I've ever done in my life, that doesn't change. So I can't then let my personal goals affect them. So yeah, I guess it's uh, a few things that you have to kind of manage. And, and obviously, the, one of the biggest things is, like I said, having somebody that's understanding at home. So like my, my wife, Kelly, she does help me out a lot and she understands the pressures that I'm going through and she tries to relieve them as much as she can. So it's, it's um, I guess if pe not everybody has that. So that, that could be, that's a big, big thing for a lot of people. Cause I hear it a lot. Like my wife thinks I'm weird. She never understands and she won't let me eat this. or she doesn't want me to do that. And I'm like, it's balance, isn't it? I make sure that when I'm not on prep, <laughs> as you know, uh, I'm going to the cheese cake factory. We're going out for meals. We're going to the beach. We're going here. We're doing this. We're doing everything that we can eat on an even bigger scale that we couldn't do before. So it's it's, it's there's a few things that we have that has to have to be kind of ticked off. I think. Hundred percent. I think it's one of those things. People uh, in the fitness industry become very two dimensional, and people yeah. think that you can only do one thing at a time. Is like that's bullshit. Like you can do anything you want. Like I. Like I want to be successful in everything I want to do and get improve and get better at everything. And that's why I like, I love fitness because it's a, like a process of self-improvement. It's not even about the end goal. It's just about the process and like yeah. daily progressions and the small wins. Like yesterday I got PB on an exercise and I was like fucking buzzing all day afterwards. Yeah. And it's like, it's those small wins that people really need to like narrow down and focus on rather than thinking of like necessarily like an objective outcome. Like, I don't know, I want to be shredded on holiday. I want to get a pro card. It's actually like enjoying the process on the way there rather than hating it and just doing it because you think you should do it. Yeah, yeah. I, feel, I completely agree. I think people's, people always look at the end goal rather than the process. And uh, I, I, I mean, there's obviously a lot of points in prep that you don't enjoy, but I do enjoy preps, else I wouldn't do them. So there's a lot of learning that goes on. There's a lot of self-development that goes on. Every single time I do a prep, I end up managing the prep better. I end up being a little bit more kind of, um, I guess, mature about the prep. I can, I become, every time I do a prep, I'm even better at home. I'm even more of a kind of an improved father on prep than the last prep, if that makes sense. Because you learn from your mistakes. Here's a question for you. The... Like, I know you, I, I'm going to guess you've always been pretty lean just from your physique. Um, did you, the first time you got like lean or competed, was that the most stressful by mile? The first time? Yeah, first time. So the first time I ever did a competition, I think that I was at my head in the clouds so much that I just didn't even know what it was. And because I didn't know what I was doing, I thought it was normal. I was eating no carbs and doing two hours cardio a day. <laughs> I was going hypo nearly every day doing my last hour of cardio. 
but I thought it was normal. I was, I was like, I was a little, I, I kind of came from a background of, um, I guess, I thought I was a bit of a boy. I thought I was like a bit of a, a bit of a tough boy. Like I was, I was, I was from, I was from that kind of background that people like, you know, you know, you see them. <laughs> I guess I was the, I was part of the crew that people didn't really like or were a little bit afraid of at school. That's that's what I was in. So so I thought I was biggie proper fucking solid. So I was like, yeah, bring it on. Like, this is normal. Like this must be normal. So I didn't even I didn't even have the sense to kind of understand how hard what I was doing was. So it was more so for me that the preps afterwards when I kind of understood what I was doing, when I understood the extremes that I was taking it to. So the first ones for me weren't, weren't didn't seem that hard. It was like, yeah, I, I, I know that's a little bit of a strange answer, but yeah, for me, it was like just head first into it. And it was just like, okay, this is what I'm doing. I think that's good. Cause I think one of the biggest mistakes people make when dieting in general is they try and overthink things yeah. and they try and be too clever and try and manipulate too much. And it was like, yeah, if I things are working, good. don't fucking change it. Like, yeah, no, I didn't know anything, mate. I, I, I literally went from training in the gym with my friends to jumping on a prep with Jordan Peters. And that was it. I didn't even know anything. I thought 200 grams of chicken was 200 grams of protein. <laughs> uh, when, when was this then? Because you've obviously, like you mentioned, Jordan, obviously you've worked with and you're sponsored by, trained by G, JP. How long ago was this? So this was end of 2013 was the first time I did a show. So that's when I, yeah. So I saw, I remember being on Facebook and seeing photos of people doing Miami Pro. Yeah, I did that. Uh, so guilty. Yeah, and I didn't even know anything. That's all I knew. That's all I saw. And the only reason I even looked into it is because I was training in an old school bodybuilding gym and there were some old guys and they were like, and I was doing my own kind of cut, I guess. I remember, I'll tell you what I used to do. Well, I used to do hit sessions. So I'd do sprint intervals every single morning. And I used to cut all my fats out. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know. I didn't count calories. Didn't even know what a calorie was. I hadn't learned anything. I didn't even look on the internet. It was just a case of try, just, just whatever I thought was right, I used to do. I remember you used to go into like the, the local shop and we'd get like, we call them a cob where I'm from. So like a chicken salad cob. And I'd get a chicken salad cob without any butter. <laughs> without any mayonnaise thinking that I, was, I used to eat sweets instead of chocolate so I'd eat like Haribo's and stuff like that but I would never have a chocolate bar or anything like that because I just wouldn't have anything with any fat in it but obviously I was just cutting calories so I ended up getting pretty fucking lean because I was doing hit and just not having any fat whatsoever obviously I must not have felt great at the time but I didn't really know what I was doing so a couple of old guys were like, "You look, you look decent. Like your shape's quite good. Why don't you, why don't you do a show?" And I was like, "Well, what's a show?" And they're like, "Well, a competition, a bodybuilding show." So they were like, uh, "Someone put me, because I live in Loughborough. Loughborough's like a sports town. Obviously, you've probably heard of Loughborough, yeah. Loughborough University. And uh, there were a few guys who used to compete from Loughborough, and." Um, they, they did Miami Pro. They were like, oh, look at this. So they showed it me, and I just saw a few guys. I don't know if you know Adam Parr. Yeah, I know Adam. I know Adam. 
Yeah, so I didn't know Adam at the time, but I think he'd just won a class at Miami Pro. So I looked at his photos and then I looked at his coach, which was Jordan. I spoke to Jordan and I said, oh, I want to do a competition. He was like, yeah. I remember his words. My guys all win. All my guys win Miami Pro. That's what he said. I think he had Dan, a lad called Dan something from Birmingham and Adam Parr at the time that both did really well in the shows. So I ended up coming, driving down to uh, Essex to meet Jordan. I remember I had 600 quid cash and paid him for a prep up front in cash. Sat down and trained with him. And then uh, he gave me my diet and whatever else. And we went off. And I ended up pulling out of Miami Pro because I had shit legs. So <laughs> the only other option, which he advised me to do because I still didn't know anything else, was UK BFF men's physique because obviously board shorts covered yeah. up my legs. So um, ended up doing that. And uh, yeah, that's how we first started with Jordan in 2013. I then did a few shows in, I think I did three shows with Jordan to mid 2014. Um, I think I placed second, won one and didn't place in another. And then I ended up getting with a few other coaches in between and then back to Jordan in late 2017 until now, which, uh, and now I'm actually not with Jordan, actually. He's not actually my coach, just, ah. just my sponsor. So that's, uh, Literally just, just we actually had a little chat about that. I don't know if you remember. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I am now not being coached by Jordan. We're still cool. We're still actually, we just had a chat with him now actually. But yeah, uh, it's time for a new kind of perspective and a new outlook on things. Things just weren't really working. I've not actually spoke to anybody about this. I mean, I didn't want to make a big deal of it, putting it on social media. You know how people get yeah, like that, that drives like, me insane when people are like, yeah. "If World War Three's kicked off," and it's one of those things. People, you've been coached by someone for like three, four years. Chances are, you want to probably go and try someone different and try someone else and learn yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So. Um, yeah, the reason I didn't put it on social media was because, like you said, I'd just get bombarded, like, what happened, what happened? And I just thought, you know what, I'm not going to make a big deal out of it because it isn't a big deal. And, uh, yeah, he, he even agreed. He says he said he thinks it's probably time that I do get a new perspective. He's took me very, very far, and I've come so close to getting my pro card. Maybe it's time to step away from uh, that kind of training. And the, I mean, when you have a coach for a long time and they use the same kind of methods you're eating like the same kind of foods and I've been eating the same food for like five years or whatever it's like it's now time for me to have a fresh outlook and and a new perspective and uh, an excitement that I've kind of missed the last kind of year because like you said after being with someone that long you do want to try something else you do want to have that fresh feel and that new focus and I'm sure that Jordan himself, I wouldn't say he got sick of me, but it's like, oh, that's Ada kind of thing. Exactly. I don't know about what, you. What do I do now? We've done everything. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know about you. If you've had a client for like five years, although you don't become less of a coach, you almost kind of think that that client's okay. Yeah. 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 yeah he's quite self-sufficient. Like he, he knows what he's doing or do you know what I mean? Like you don't have to kind of, worry worry so much or put that much focus into them 
although that might not be the right thing to do, I think it's kind of a natural thing that happens. So, uh, yeah, I kind of felt like that was kind of happening a little bit to me. And uh, it's, uh, I guess, just a natural thing that kind of happened. And now we're not, not uh, as a coach in relationship. So. I think it's one of those things as well. If you have a personal relationship as well, it can yeah. sometimes blur the lines. Because like I, for example, don't necessarily like being coached by people when, they're, when we're friends and they're too nice to me. I always want someone to be a bit of a dick and be like... Yeah stop fucking around and stop going to the Cheesecake Factory all the time in Dubai or whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah. To like, to rein it in rather than, yeah, that's all right. You can have free meals. You can do what you like. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, I definitely. sometimes need to be kept I mean, in a little bit, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That I mean, you don't have a coach to then do whatever you want to do, do you? Like, you do need that, that discipline and that kind of bit of a rigid side. And I'm not, Jordan didn't, actually lose that with me to be honest i don't him. imagine he wouldn't from i was coached by him from no. i imagine he did no no he, he, he did stay true to his uh his coach inside of things but it was just more so like um how 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 our relationship got it was more like friendly and a bit lax and not so much like focused on me i didn't feel like i was getting the focus that i was getting previously and I, and I feel like it's quite important that I do have that at this stage of my uh, competing career. So, what, What's the plan now then, if you mind me asking? So, um, I've been speaking to someone called Hyacin Nasir. I don't know if you've heard of him. I recognise the name. Is he French? Yeah, he is, yeah. He coaches uh, quite a few men's physique pros, um, a few women's physique pros. He's actually just had a lady on, on the Olympia stage in... Uh, I think she finished in the top five or top six. So he's, he's an established guy and uh, I've been talking to him and what he thinks. I actually spoke to, um, do you know, Omar Ventura as well? Yeah. He's like the men's physique master. He's like Mr. O, men's physique. Is he the I, guy who had um, tons of clients at the Olympia? Yeah, I think he had yeah. like seven of the top ten or something yeah, like something that. ridiculous. Yeah, so I spoke to him actually on Instagram. He seems like a cool guy, but I, I'm not going to go there just because I don't think I'll get the attention that I want. And uh, I think I'm more than likely going to start working with Hyacinth because he's just very kind of focused on me. Uh, he's, he's really given me what I want to hear. So he's, uh, he's telling me he's going to fly out to my shows, keep me three days out. He's very concerned about how I train currently and wants to completely switch it up and make me train more suited to my division. Now, for me, I always used to think that that was kind of didn't really make much sense. I used to think like you train hard, you train heavy, you get big and you stop when you're at the size that you need to be for your class. Whereas now I'm starting to look at things a little bit differently. Now I'm talking to a few people, the more people that I speak to, the more people tell me that I need to stop training the way I'm training. And I'm like, if so many people that I think know what they're on about are saying this, maybe there's some truth to it. So a lot of people are saying I need to stop doing the heavy kind of rack pulls and hip hinge movements and the heavy squats. And I'm going to end up kind of, I mean, it's, hard. it's one of those, isn't it? Like do deadlifts make your waist grow and stuff like that. Like, I don't personally, I didn't think they personally do, but the, it, it's, it's one of those, isn't it? I don't know. Do they? So, th so this is something that's fascinating because I've just, 
since the very end of December, just started uh, having a guy called Nick Gloff run on my training, who we did a previous podcast episode, which was insane. Nick okay. is probably the most intelligent person I've ever spoken to in terms of training programming and uh, biomechanics and movement. And he put this training program together for me. And actually, more important, actually, was like mobility and activation. Yeah. And mate, my hips have never, ever been so good. I've got literally really? full range of motion in my hips. Every exercise feels different. And my waist is getting smaller because I'm not loading my obliques all the time. And my spine is like, my this hips is are constantly I neutral. And I, I can load, keep getting told. Mate, and I can load any exercise I want. Like, but I can squat anything, deadlift anything. And it's not going to make my waist thicker because I'm actually not loading like the muscle tissue I'm actually like putting the force through the joints correctly rather because my hips aren't like all locked up and jacked up. So, um, so shout I out to Nick. To, like, it's I need to get on this then. Um, send I, me this mobility drill. Man. Mate, I'll, I'll send you it. The, uh, Bulgarian PNF squat, like, uh, stretch mate. It's like, I literally, I do it before every session. I feel a bit tight and I do this like stretch mobility and mate, I feel like a new, feel like I'm 18 again. Um, oh, mate. See, that's one thing I've just neglected forever is mobility and stretching and i just know if i had a proper routine or a proper plan from somebody that i'd do it it's just because i haven't ever kind of been told to do it i'm one of those i need to be told and then yeah. i'll do it so yeah that'd be cool if you could send that i'll be yes. honest it's one of those things i think as you get older and you become more aware you suddenly realize like, why was i not doing this before it's almost like finding uh, hidden gems in the rough of improvement and as soon as i did it i was like shit like imagine how much better i'm going to be in like 12 months after doing all of this and i'm actually like engaging you muscles like, your waist getting smaller do you like, like generally my waist is getting smaller because sick. of this um and like my like stability on every exercise is improving and i have no knee pain anymore because no way because my hips aren't fucking jacked up my knees are fucked. <laughs> so, but if, if you think about it if you're the, the knee and the elbow is an example are joints of consequence. So you get pains in those issues because of tightness in either like the ankle or the foot or if it's in the, the elbow, the shoulder. So like that's, it's always coming from another area. And if you can fix uh, your hips, like it's game changer. Um, the one, <laughs> one exercise that is probably the most difficult is my nemesis that I can't do. Is a, I don't know if you've ever seen is a, like, a, um, like a single leg like hip aeroplane. It's, mate, it's... I, I, it's, it's like it's bad i'll send you this warm-up routine but it's horrendous it's a game changer but i think you i know you're the same as me i get excited whenever i try anything new and i find something i'm like yeah holy shit look how much runway i've got with this now that's um, what i'm like now with with speaking to higher scene it's like wow like this this sounds amazing like he's sending me like workouts and i'm like wow, this is so much different and it's so like challenging it's so hard it's like it's not like load back off. Like I, I don't want to sound like I'm being negative towards the training that I've been doing because it's obviously served me well, and and I do believe that it it, it works. But when you're just doing like a load and a back off, a load and a back off, it's like now I'm doing like controlled reps, like pauses, controlled tempo. I'm doing like high rep, like he calls them like piston piston sets. And um, like holding a stretch, like I did a 20 second hold on a stretch at the end of the second set of a, of a, of a close grip lap fall down and then drop the weight by 30% and then repped it out so you couldn't fucking move. 
And it's just like, the, the, just the feel, the volume, the pump, it's just insane. It's like, this is, this is fun now, rather than just, okay, let's logbook, let's do one to load, five to seven, second set, 12 to 15. It's like, yeah, okay, that would work now, but now I'm, I'm ready for this new challenge. I'm ready for this new feel that I've been feeling. It's, it's, it's sick. I really do like, I feel like it's going to rip the new like novel stimulus I'm really going to react well from as well. So, 100%. And I can see your excitement. There. And this is one thing I want anyone who's listening to take on board of this is that both myself and Hayda both get external advice from other people. We obviously know what we're doing and we could obviously coach ourselves to a very decent level. However, you respectfully end up mind fucking yourself. You overanalyze everything and you try and overcomplicate stuff. But I, literally before I start with Nick, I made like three versions of different training programs were like the most complicated things in the world. And <laughs> you try and be too clever for your own good, I think a lot of the time. Yeah, definitely. Most definitely. Is he, is he controlling all of yours now? So, so training wise, yeah, 100%. So he's- How does uh, it, it work? Like with blocks? Uh, yeah, so doing like 12 week blocks, we're just adjusting things as we go. So it's very, very different. Um, in terms of training split, I'm not even sure what it is off the top of my head. It's a bit bizarre. So we're doing like a, it's like push pull, it's a like variation of push pull legs. But what's very, very interesting about it is that at the, um, at the end of a lot of the sessions, there's like higher like frequency work. So I'm trying to focus on uh, shoulders and biceps and uh, quite heavily so for example at the end of every leg day i have like almost like a zigzag set of um like a, a side lateral movement a rear delt movement and a bicep movement just add like tons of frequency but the volume is pretty low um, and the split's like two days on one day off uh, and it's you know, work, working really really well to be fair strength shooting up and everything and it's um good just to be able to get his advice and stuff for example i was stuck on like incline benches what i did yesterday so i said to you earlier i was excited about um i think i was stuck at doing like 130 for six which is terrible and mate, he's got uh, me on the incline bench and i'm mate, so shit at it. Mate, i'm terrible my pressing's bad and he was like look you're getting way stronger and everything else like in a month i put on a plate your side on the hack squat he's like look, this is psychological just he said go in there just put three plates on there and just fucking gun it and just go for it and see what happens. <laughs> like I literally, I myself all psyched up like the day before, like the morning before, literally racked on three plates and uh, got four reps from when well, I got 140 for four, whereas like seven days ago, got like 130 for six. So he's like psychological, but he, he laughed because I sent him the video. He's like, you were so jacked up and like nervous. You could see that I was like shaking so much when I was like lifting it. Like <laughs> uh, but yeah it's uh, it's cool and like cause you see i get excited talking about this and yeah this is, it's you know, we come back earlier we talk about um being true to your passion and how you love fitness and it's not a load of bullshit and it's facade like a lot of people like i can tell you're excited about the new training and new coaches yeah. and i'm exactly the same it's about that actually enjoying and like practicing what you preach which is why i have so much respect for you whereas so many people are just like they do it for the gram or to try and sell coaching programs, which is BS and people yeah. like people can see through it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, you, we wouldn't be doing it for this long if, if we didn't love it. I mean, this is like uh, the non-negotiables, like we were saying about getting up and doing cardio. It's the same with the weight sessions. It's like, they have to be done. They, they complete me. Like without them, I wouldn't be able to just be who I am. I wouldn't be able to, function daily if i wasn't doing what i love to do every day so it's just yeah i love it it's um don't tell my wife but it's the highlight of my day i think like training and even, <laughs> and, even, same, same. 
you think your wife might be there as well. Um, yeah, she just got out of the room and she's like, yeah, well, you've changed today. And I'm like, yeah, well, that's work. <laughs> yeah, that's why I say everything. It's like, yeah, I've got to go work. This is really important. That's work. And I'm thinking, that's oh, the best part. <laughs> but that's when you're living your dream and you're like doing your passions. And it's one of those things is um, like, I've been doing a lot of reading and like self-development the last 12 months. And one of the things is like the language, the way you talk to yourself, rather than being like, oh, I have to do cardio. I have to stick to my diet is you've got to think like in particular the situation now where people don't have access to gyms i get to stick to my diet i get to train yeah. and for anyone listening this is something you should really appreciate when um if you don't have access to gym when you do go back and you're having a day where you can't be asked think about like you this is a privilege to be able to do this do you know what i mean yeah show gratitude definitely that's one massive thing about being over here is 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 kept although it, I guess it sends a lot of people the other way. It's making me feel very, very grounded. I wake up every day and I look out the window and I see the marina and I'm like, fucking yes. Like, this is, this is, I'm so grateful that I'm here right now. I'm so grateful that I've put myself in a position to be here. Now, go and do your shit. Go and crack on with your day and make sure that you fucking bring the bread home. 100%. It's, do you think you'll be in Dubai for long term? Um, I mean, I've signed a contract for 12 months, so that's kind of going to be kind of the, the, the minimum, I imagine. Paid six months rent up front, so we're here for at least that. And um, I mean, we, we do love it here. I, I was talking to my wife yesterday and I was saying, I just don't want to end up not liking it here because the more time I've been spent here, I do kind of see, you see things that you necessarily don't really like here and there little bits of things and you're like, oh, I don't want to be exposed to that too much because I don't want to get a, a, a bad opinion of this place. I don't want to be in a place where I don't like and I don't want it to be a place that if I did ever move away from, like if we didn't make this permanent, say, I wouldn't want to be like, oh, I'm not going on holiday to Dubai again. I wouldn't ever go there again. I don't ever want it to become that place. Do you know Central. what I mean? Because I do, yeah, because I do love it. So... Yeah, I think, it, I, th I think a lot of what you see and what you hear and what you expose yourself to is what, like, it's up to you, isn't it? It's your own perception. You, can, you choose. Yeah. Like, you, you, can, you can see the shit side of things if you really want to look for it. And if you know where it is, then just stay away from it. That's probably one reason why I've not been going to Benus much because there's just a lot, a lot of people that talk a lot of shit. There's a lot of, like all the insta-famous people there, everybody posing for photos and everybody's got a video camera recording for YouTube, which don't get me wrong, like I've got a YouTube channel, you've got a YouTube channel, it's part and parcel of what we do, but when it's just in your face all the time and it's like, I just need to, I've never, I've never really come, I need to just step away from it every, time, every now and again, so I've just been like cracking on, doing my thing, training hard, coming home, spending time with my family and just making it normal because at the end of the day, this this life out here for me isn't normal so i'm trying to make it as normal as i as i as i as it can be and if i want to go to them places i'll go and i'll step back out if i want to go to a beach club i'll go and i'll step back out do you know what i mean i don't want to make those things normal that aren't and have it and never have been normal yeah that's uh one of the things that frustrates i i, I don't although i'm on social media a lot i don't go on social media if that makes sense i post a lot yeah. i don't look at yeah. stuff but like the brief moments to go on there and I see people like bullshit of 
people in the fitness industry posing around beach clubs and stuff. I'm like, that's not me. It's not what I'm about. Yeah. Like, there's even people that I didn't think would do that that are doing it. I'm just like, oh, mate, I didn't think you were that guy. <laughs> um, on another note, I talk about gyms in Dubai. Have you tried that? Is it Max and Agle gym? I've been about five. I think I've been more than anyone else. <laughs> uh, I've never been. Looks good. Thoughts? It, it's sick. It's sick. It's I think good. I might have to move there from Benus, I think, by the looks of it. The only problem is it's fucking expensive. Like, stupidly expensive. So, basically, you can wangle two free passes. A day pass works out about 40 quid. Right. Um, uh, yeah. Um, they're doing a deal at the minute where you pay for three months and you get four months. And it works out uh, like, I mean, this isn't the end of the world when you think about some London gym, like 125 quid a month. Oh, that's right. Compared to that's all right, isn't it? But that's that's just on that deal on that promotion that they've. Do you got know how much a normal month is? Out of curiosity, a normal month is a uh, thousand dirham. So just for one month, so it's about 200 quid. Yeah. Yeah, but the gyms, cool. the gyms, immense. I'm talking. Actually, it's pretty quiet at that price for most people as well. Yeah, yeah, and that, and you're only seeing people hitting the gym, like the bodybuilding part. There's a, a whole massive mezzanine that's just full of CrossFit. So it's just rack after rack after rack, grass like artificial grass, um, everything, everything upstairs. And then there's like, because we got a tour around the whole gym. There's like a, um, a room with like a load of boxing bags and, and and everything else in there. Then there's like a hot yoga room. Every single facility that you could think of, they have it in, in this one massive building and even an outdoor training area as well. It's, it is crazy. It's sick. Like, I'm, I still haven't joined anywhere. I'm still, like, just no getting about. Yeah, just doing different gyms and paying day passes here and there. And I just can't figure out which one I need to, because obviously I'm just blowing money. So I need to just pick one. And make it my home gym, and it's either, I'm I'm at the minute thinking either train strength and fitness just because it's less showy than Benus, and still has all the kit and 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 facilities and everything else. Still got the food place upstairs and stuff. Or Max and Eagle take the hit on the on the price. Yeah, I think uh, Max and Eagle might be my place, and this is why I get excited about talking about shit. This is why I love to buy. I remember before I went, um, <laughs> a client of mine. For the first time a couple of years ago, a client of mine, Tariq, who lives in Jordan, was like, you love to buy it. It's the best of the best. And I was like, that's a bit of a strange comment. And I remember getting in and I was like, yeah, this place is legit. Like, and the gyms are like yeah. that. Like, say like a gym like that. Literally, it'd be like, what can we buy? Like, they'll literally just buy the yeah. best of everything. Mate, I went, walked in there the first time and I was like, wow, this is gym heaven. And it's so quiet. That's what like, I like. Yeah, like some people, some people, a couple of people that have been there, like, yeah, but it's got no atmosphere. And I'm like, you create your atmosphere, mate. Put your fucking headphones in. Like, the atmosphere is your training session. You're there to hit the gym. Like, I don't care about the music or the or the vibe or whatever. Yeah, it's, it's cool to be in a banging gym with like loads of a great atmosphere. But if it's not there and there's like sick prime equipment and, and shit, like, that makes up for it. That's uh, that reminds me of so two instances, for example, where I got really irritated training at Benus when I was there last time. I was doing like stiff leg RDLs, get myself hyped up. And this dude came over and I was like, "Can I help you?" And he's like, "Oh, I just want to watch." And I was like, "You're gonna watch me do a stiff leg deadlift?" And I was like, "This is a bit weird." 
Uh, and you know when you're like, I, was, I think I, had, I was pretty much like strapped to the bar at this point anyway, and I was like, fuck it, you can just watch. And I was like, this is a bit perverted and weird. And then, um, and there was another time I was like on the hack squat, like getting myself G'd up. You know, you're like, you're going in for that set. And yeah, you're like, yeah. And literally this couple like were coming past and they literally just stood in front, like literally bang in front of me, we're just watching. And I was like, this is really off putting right now. Like, you know, and you're like, it, it, it's just things like that sometimes uh, can be very, yeah. very frustrating. Not fr frustrating. Uh, yeah, frustrating is probably the right word. It's just strange, isn't it? It just yeah. throws you off when you're in the zone. Yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, I think that's why I try to train when I'm there generally uh, in the middle of the day when it's quieter. But I think... Uh, yeah, the times that you, you were going and I was going, to be fair, it wasn't that bad, was it? No. But... So I was there with my wife over New Year and I had to train at like peak time. And it, yeah, it was chaos. Fuck. Yeah, yeah, of course, you were here for New Year, weren't you? Yeah, that's pretty dope. And then um, we'll be back at some point. I need to smuggle myself into Dubai... Do, end of february I've start of march at some point a couple of people that have come through turkey like i said earlier to you before we started but but it's took like i think it's been like a 20 hour journey or something yeah and i'm not sure got, got to isolate when you get here and stuff it's like, yeah it seems a bit complex but fingers crossed that will pass um you what's your thing while you've been here olympia yeah, yeah, but I've been there a few times. Olympia Gym in Sars is dope, but it's just a long way out. I keep going there as well. That's another place that I think, should I just take the hit on the drive? Because it's cheap as well. It's so cheap. Uh, have you got a car out there now? Yeah, well, I just rented a cheap car for like 300 quid for the month. And I'm like, I don't care what I drive. Like, this is getting me from A to B. It fits everybody in. The fuel costs nothing. It's 300 quid. Like, my car at home cost me 525 quid. Like, this is nothing. Yeah, hundred percent. The uh, and what your current goals? Obviously, looking to try and grow, or where you at in terms of your own training? So, um, for my class, I don't specifically need to grow as such. I just need to improve in areas. Yeah, so I'd like to kind of tighten my waist a little bit. I'd like to improve my back width. Mate, a little fix bit. your hips. And mate, if you're talking about your lat, if you're talking about your yeah. lats as well. So again, this is a big thing that will be game changing. If you fix your hips, where do your lats insert? Yeah, your hips. Yeah. So if you get your hips aligned correctly, you're going to get a lot more lower lat engagement because your hips are stable. And that's why I'm shit as well, lower lat. So. You see what I mean? Like, and you start yeah. connecting the dots and you're like, shit. Yeah. Oh, well, this is why. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm just thinking now straight away when you said that. But right, so I've got bad knees. I've got shit lower lats. <laughs> My hips need sorting. Yeah, and that, uh, that and that's that's sometimes the the obvious thing sometimes glaring you in the face, and I think that's where I get frustrated with people when they're like, "Oh, uh, I remember saying to someone once, oh, my delts are crap; they're not developing well." And he was like, "Oh, you just need to train them harder." It's like, no, like it's not necessarily training harder; it's trying to work out why is this muscle not necessarily developing. Because if you can develop other muscle tissue, you can obviously train hard enough you're obviously just got some sort of imbalance or you're yeah, you obviously, off somewhere. You obviously train hard just because look, look at your physique, you train hard. It's a, probably about an execution issue or a volume issue. Or maybe you're doing too much. You know what I mean? There's always something else, isn't there? And like you just said, it's often staring you in the face. And now it's like a bit of an epiphany. It's like, oh shit, what am I not doing? Mobility. And that's it. And if you can't access, else, if you I'm can't access every, a range, I'm ticking every other box. Yeah. What am I not doing? Mobility, stretching, making sure that I'm functioning properly and I'm able to train in the correct plane of movement. 
100%. With your current um, programming, are you doing any cardio as you're looking to try and change? Yeah, I mean, I I think that the older that I've got, I just enjoy doing a bit of cardio every day now. I just feel like that's something that I would never, ever drop. I mean, when I was, uh, Jordan always tried to get me to drop it, and I just never did. Like, I just didn't want to do it the last few off-seasons. It's just been something that makes me feel better about myself makes me feel better about my day i just have to get up so it's that non-negotiable it's that doing something that sometimes i don't really want to do because i know it's going to make me feel better later on so i will always keep a minimum of 20 30 to minute 20 to 30 minutes in every day from now on till the rest of my days i think to be honest 100 i start i tend to keep a couple in a week and then i do hit and rest days just keep my the health reasons to keep my aerobic yeah. fitness strong so I can actually train I mean, it's so easy now as well. Like we've got uh, an apartment gym on the top floor, so you literally got no excuse to just get up and go, get up and get in the lift. It's, again, coming back to Dubai, Dubai is just a place of easiness. Everything's on tap almost. You got no mate, excuse. Everything is on tap, mate. It's so crazy. Like <laughs> Insta Shop. Oh, mate, Insta Shop. Have you not got this in the UK? You get stuff delivered in an hour. Mate, with, with Kelly's just on it all the time. It's like ding, and I'm like, "What's that?" It's a load of shopping bags in the doorway. It's just so easy. It's crazy. It's crazy. If you didn't do that cardio, you'd probably just end up getting fat anyway. Like it'd be hard because unless you're you're actively trying to move, you don't need to move in this country. You literally don't need to do anything in terms of physical activity. Any physical activity you do here, you have to want to do it or you have to be made to do it because like you just said, everything is so easy. It's just at the end of an app, everything. 100%, 100%. We'll wrap that up there, Hedges, which is coming up onto an hour. So for anyone to get in touch, I know it flew by, we could chat shit all day long. (laughs) You want to find out uh, more about Hader, uh, what's your Instagram, your YouTube channel as well? Yeah, so my Instagram is at Hader underscore M and my YouTube channel is just Hader Medi. There's a link in my bio on the Instagram page so if it's hard to find because I'm a pauper. I've not got many uh, subscribers or anything on there yet. I'm quite new to YouTube to be honest. I've been on Instagram a while but yeah, so hit my Instagram up and yeah, go from there. Awesome. Pleasure, dude. Thanks so much and no doubt we'll catch up soon as well. Mate, thank you for inviting me. It's been a pleasure as always when i do chat to you my friend thank you Absolutely. very much so that's another awesome episode of the shredder show with hader as you tell me and hader get on my house on fires hope these guys gave you some perspective on the fitness industry parenthood balance and as always if you need any help from me there's a couple of ways i can help you so you can join the uh, cds shredding squad facebook group link below this podcast which is completely free where i give free educational information to help you get your best results I've also got the Absolute Abs training course, which is a full training course for myself on how to build your ultimate midsection. And you can also book in a free six-pack strategy call with myself and the CJ coaching team if you're looking at getting world-class results with speed and certainty in 2021. As both myself and Hayden mentioned, we both get coached by the people. we both constantly learning. And this is the way to help you level up, get results faster, is eliminate the guesswork. So if you're ready to do that, hit the link below the podcast and book in your free stretch call with myself to find out how it can help. And we'll see you in the next episode of the podcast, which will be with the legend Milos Sarchev himself.